Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 6 of Employees Only. Today we spoke to Fathead, he is the voice of WJVC, my country 96.1, and a real radio legend. What do you think, Rube? It was awesome to talk to Fathead, you can tell he's, you know, a real pro. Um, as you'll hear, we were kind of building up to to interview him, he was on our original list. Yeah, I think we were nervous, he was, he's a real professional. Yeah, and but you can tell, uh, ton of stories such a such a great guy inside scoop for you which you're gonna have to listen to find out we did get to the bottom (laughs) we did get to the bottom of his name we do exclusively have fathead's real name nestled in this interview this is breaking news (laughs) shit right here you know you're not getting this on fox or cnn or (laughs) facebook fathead's real name yeah it's exposed big scoop feel free to venmo us if you really take the value of that (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I think people will enjoy it, especially if you're a fan of him, if you're a country fan in general, some really cool, uh, I mean, he's met everyone, he, he knows them all, like, on a personal level as well, like, yeah. if you're a country fan, listen to this interview. Yeah. Luke, l- little side story, you know, a little headline for you, Luke Bryan even called him on Christmas Eve, so. Just to give you an idea yeah. of who this who this guy's dealing with. He's a real ledge. Take yeah. a listen. And we hope you enjoy. And uh, we'll see you next time. And after you do that, follow us at Mulcahy's Pub on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any social. Apple Podcasts, employees TikTok. only. <laughs> Ruby, Just find us. Ruby Ray 7 on Insta. <laughs> What's my T Murray 54 on Insta? Yeah. Get us famous, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Um, enjoy the podcast. Very lucky today to have Fathead, head DJ, and the voice of my country, 96.1. Thanks for uh, being here with us via Zoom today, Fathead. Uh, listen, I'm happy to be here. I'm just curious why it took you six episodes to get me on. <laughs> I man. know. Well, you, you're a professional, so we had some people that We had to build up the yeah. repertoire. <laughs> you're an on, uh, on-air, real professional with a real studio and everything. So The you, most pressure yet, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, we, we had a practice with some people who aren't, who aren't used to it. How do uh, we you guys, uh, you guys have been doing uh, good stuff. I've been, you know, just following the the Instagram and and seeing this and just everything you guys are trying to do, just to keep socially active. It's uh, it's yeah. good. Yeah, Ruby runs the Instagram, and with no concerts or anything, we yeah. Yeah, it it can be tough, definitely. But you know, just trying to keep uh, moles in people's minds and stuff. I'm sure, you know, you guys do an awesome job in your socials as well. So we always appreciate you guys. Uh, sharing and you know keeping the community going i love that all righty absolutely i'm gonna hop into an exciting question right away if you don't mind <laughs> oh God. what has been the most exciting or greatest moment those as f- working as the voice of my country man you, have you know th- this is re- this is real life i didn't get questions beforehand so this oh, is no, you this know, you is could... i put people on the on the pressure here absolutely uh now I will say, because I'm staring at your face, Tim, mm-hmm. okay? Um, the night a year ago, a year and what? A year and 13 days ago now, yeah. uh, June 13th, when I got to introduce Luke Combs at your establishment. Listen, I'd have to sit down here and think for a while, what are our top moments in the history of the station? Yeah. That's in the top three. There's no doubt about it. The wall of sound that 
came back at us when we um, introduced Luke and, and to have a guy of that stature who's, I mean, it's not even close. He's the biggest yeah. artist in the, in the format. Um, it was an amazing night. I always think about it almost every day. To yeah. Be honest with you. I'll stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't get over it. It's funny about that night too. It was the first show that my country did anything with Mulcahy's really like the first, you know, teamed up event we did. Now we've done a couple more, but, and it was Luke Combs. And we were under construction a little bit too, and I was so nervous that something was going to go wrong. Or and lest, lest we forget, not only Luke Combs, it was Hunter Hayes, Colby Clay. Like oh, yeah, Hunter Hayes, Colby Clay. Fairground right? yep. Saints. It was any of those in their own right would have been a truly memorable night, you know, for us. But it was, I mean, it's an understatement to say one for the books. Yeah. That, that really was. Anyone who was there, you know, we'll, we'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> it was funny. I was so nervous that I was enjoying it so much, but I almost was relieved when it was over. You know, it's like your own wedding. It's yeah. like your own. It's like if you're involved in your own big thing, you can't enjoy it because you just want it to go so well. Yeah. You know, but it there did. Was thank such God. A buzz that day. I just always remember us getting into work at nine, and there's already being people outside camping out. It was awesome. It was such a special day, and thanks to my country. Thanks to Fathead. Yeah, everyone's like, Tim, how'd you do it? I'm like, don't don't mention it. You know, you know, I pull off big things every now and then, but I really didn't do anything. It was all Fathead. Well, I, Still reaping the credit. I, I, like to, I like to mess with you guys a little bit because even though we are going to have amazing nights for decades to come, mm -hmm. we'll never top Luke Combs. You're just not going to top Luke Combs. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's all downhill <laughs> for Fathead now. <laughs> That's it. I think, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be okay. I, sure. I think another one was a big one was the secret show you did at Emporium at Darius Rucker, right? That must have been a huge. That, I'll tell you what, um, that took a lot of doing. That took um, probably about, uh, I know this may not sound like a long time, but it took about six months to, to put together, to, to lock him down, to make sure he could do it. Um, he actually was routed perfectly. You know, part of what artists do when they plan shows, obviously, uh, for those who don't know, is they they have to route city to city. So it makes sense, you know, financially and, and driving distance and everything. I'm almost positive, if I didn't forget, the night after us, he was driving to Washington, D.C. for um, for like a national honor thing, some kind of big national show. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be that he was on his way to D.C., you know, four or five hours away and it worked and um, and he said yes, so it was awesome. That's awesome. So for yeah. people that don't know, again, uh, Fathead and the My Country Radio do a secret Christmas show every year, and they have like four or five acts. It's usually like the first week of December, like December 3rd or 4th, and nobody knows who's going to play except Fathead and maybe a couple of the tech, you know, roadie sound guys. So the crowd is there, the tickets are free, or you do a bunch of giveaways, and no one has a clue until the artist steps on stage who's playing. We did it here at Mulcahy's this year. It was Kip Moore. Like we said, we did, uh, you guys have done Darius Rucker, Eli Young Band. Whose idea was that, the secret show? Because it's one of the coolest things, I think, on Long Island all year long. You know, I forget who was in the meeting or how it came up, uh, but it was we were at the radio station a while back, and we had done our first holiday show in 2012, I want to say, um, or it was either late 2011 or the December of 2012. And we announced it and we sold tickets. And I think the next year we did the same thing. And then we got to the point where we said, 
you know, nobody has any great surprises anymore. Like, the, you know, the only great surprise left in your life at a certain point is having a baby and not knowing if it's a boy or a girl when it's about to come out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just said, you know, wouldn't it be cool to get artists and, and see if we can keep it a secret and just have people try to guess and have a good time. It's, you know, and it just became a thing. Um, you know, I think we started the secret aspect in 2014, Eli Young Band, I want to say, was the first one, um, and uh, and we've been doing it ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Is it uh, is it tough to keep it under wraps? Have there ever been any kind of like slips on air or anything like that? Um, so here's a funny one. Actually, it's it's hasn't been that difficult to keep it under wraps leading up to the show. Right. Um, but I have to remind the artists that are uh, <laughs> performing that night: don't say who's coming up next. Cause artists like to do that. Hey, thank you so much. Good yeah. night. Coming up in a couple of minutes, you know? <laughs> so a secret holiday show we had back in, I, I want to say it was 2015. I had a very young Dan and Shay. Oh, wow. And yeah. I mean, love these guys. These are, these, these are buddies. They're, they're close friends. And um, back then they were just, you know, a bunch of new guys coming up. Um, they're huge. And now. I, huge. It was great. And I, t- I told them, I said, don't say who's coming up next. So what do they do? They finish up their show and they say, are you guys excited for uh, uh, K- oh, it was Casey Musgraves? Are you guys excited for Casey Musgraves and the Cadillac no. three? And I'm just like, oh, no. this was like <laughs> half hour into the show. They're giving up the rest of the lineup. And I'm like, come on, what are you doing? It was wow. funny. Good stuff. Well, I, I, I wish I didn't me and you. And like I said, the sound guy knew who was playing because i you know you have to advance the show so i knew and then i think my even my dad the boss here was like who's playing who's playing i'm like i'm not telling you so i <laughs> i want to be honest i didn't tell anyone and people shouldn't even ask like enjoy <laughs> i was telling people like enjoy the surprise you know my one friend like, bad spot my one friend was like it's not luke combs again right i'm like <laughs> I, I, I would that tell you if it's luke combs question. <laughs> you know but, well i i'll i'll just say that it's been ever since darius rocker because he was a secret, as we mentioned. Um, it's been hard to live up to that. I mean, it's Darius Rucker. I had a secret show with Darius Rucker. So every year they're like, you know, is it Jason Aldean? Is it Luke Bryan? I'm like, so, relax, calm down. Yeah. My one friend, he was like, if it's Kenny Chesney, tell me. I'm like, okay. You know, but I don't think so. So to go all the way back, is being a radio DJ something you always wanted to do or you fell into it? How did that go? Uh, see, you can, man, we could sit here for hours. I love talking about this stuff. I, um, you got time. I, I grew up listening. So seventh grade, I remember this vividly. I would pop, I'm 12 years old, pop a cassette in my, uh, my, my, my player and it would record, you know, 45 minutes on one side and 45 on the other, or whatever. And I'd go to school and I'd record Howard Stern mm-hmm. and I'd come home from school and I'd listen to you know an hour and a half of howard stern and i grew up listening to him um that's really how i got started in loving radio was sneaking howard stern in my bedroom yeah, and, yeah. Uh, me too yeah it was it was i mean it literally shaped me into what i was but what was interesting when i went to college i went to binghamton i started at binghamton for accounting because when I graduated high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I really wanted to be a musician, but it wasn't going to pan out. And um, I, you know, my father was an accountant and he said, look, you got into Binghamton, go study accounting. 
And then after like two years, I'm like, this is not for me. And I didn't know what to do. I actually transferred to Hofstra and went into the communications department. And on day one, still not knowing I was going to be in radio on day one, someone came into my class and said, you know, we have a radio station. Everyone should come sign up. And the rest is history. I fell in love. Wow. So, so back yeah. to Howard Stern, I was reading your bio that your first job was interning there at uh, the Stern show. How, yeah. That must've been a dream come true since that got you into radio. It, it was cool. A lot of people will say, you know, what was it like? Is it crazy? It was absolutely not crazy. It was pure business. Um, it, I mean, everyone had their role. They were serious about it. Of course, what went on in the studio was what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside the studio, everyone knew their job. I will say this about Howard, though. Um, I vividly remember that at the time they were also filming a show, a TV show of his um of his radio show. And I think it was on channel nine or whatever it was. Um, and he would be getting makeup done and stuff in the morning. And then he would come through the hallways on his way to the studio, like five minutes before six o'clock. And he'd say hi to everybody. And he'd always have a smile or a hi or a wave. He was always in a good mood um, and pleasant and nice. And I still have a little card, um, that he gave me when I left, he gave all the interns a little gift when they left. And I still have a little card. It's not very big. um, And it says, thanks for a great year, Howard. And I still have it saved. And um, I got to frame it. It's, it's in, it's in good shape. I just have to, I got to put it in a frame here. It's been 20 some odd years already. Uh, And what was, what was your role as an intern? Fathead? What did you, what did you have to do? I I mostly did production work. I I was working with uh, Scott, the engineer actually Mm -hmm. doing, uh, doing a lot of production um in the in in his back production room but uh it said 97 too a little bit of everything that's like classic how that's like prime time howard stern when he's really starting to blow up right 97 like that's yeah it was 97 he was just um i think his first movie was or first book yeah was just coming out It, it was a it was a big moment big things were going on at the time yeah that's awesome do you ever uh reach out to him and tell him you've become a radio legend yourself <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'd be proud listen the truth is if we were to walk down the street i'm sure he'd pass me right by yeah. he wouldn't remember you know he wouldn't know he wouldn't remember he sees so many people um i would i would love i think that that's a dream of mine which i never talk about no one i've never really thought about but since uh-huh. you bring it up a dream of mine would be able to, you know, to sit with him and talk to him about how he started this in me and just to chat and and have a conversation with the guy yeah. all these years later. You I'm know? sure not none of his interns, like except for you, became big radio personalities. So I'm sure you do it. You got to get uh, John <laughs> set, and one, set of the, it up. one of the higher. <laughs> I'll get him on employees only Make and uh, <laughs> you could be the other uh, interviewer. So if I, what was the uh, what was the next step after that? Was my country kind of right after that? Was there an in between stop for you after Howard? Oh, there was a there was a, a lot of in between. Um, so and I'm sorry, did you uh, grow up? You grew up on Long Island as well. I grew up in Rockaway Beach in Queens. Oh, okay, cool, nice. nice. Yeah, um, man, it's great out there. But uh, yeah, grew up in Rockaway. Um, the chief engineer of Hofstra's radio station when I was graduating was also the president of party 105 um, JVC 
broadcasting as it is now, uh, John Caracciola. And when I graduated Hofstra, the head of Hofstra Radio said, you know, John runs some stations, WLIR, Party 105. Why don't you go see him? So I went, I saw him and uh, got an entry level position. I was a van driver. I was a promotion guy. The program director of Party 105 um, put me on air. And then it just kind of steamed roll, uh, steamrolled from there. But um, I was actually at the beginning of Party 105 when we first signed on. It was a brand new signal wow. from day one. Um, and then what made it a couple other stops uh, was at uh, 94.3 out of uh, Farmingdale and was also um, I was at uh, BLI for a little bit. Um, and I've been here uh, signed on my country in uh, January of 2011 and um been here the whole time since day one we we flipped the signal to country and uh i've been here and it's great i'm i always say if i have to leave uh country i will leave radio i i, I can only do country music now it's just nice. it's too good prior you know? to to my country like your first few on our opportunities were they they weren't necessarily country then it was all kind of I yeah, my like I, my first station I was at for four years was was dance. We did a lot of um, uh, uh, it was ED a lot of EDM. The early oh. days of mm-hmm. of EDM yeah. and um, it was all dance music. Played a little bit of hip hop. Party one hundred and five was very um, yeah, that was huge. Uh, maybe yeah. what's that? That was a huge station when that got gone. It was it was unique. Yeah. It was unique. It was very aggressive uh, at the time with with the current dance music, and it was very club oriented. It was cool uh, when we we signed that station on in 1998, and uh, right before the summer, and it blew up. It was a lot of fun. So dance and pop. I mean, I love all. I, I love Broadway. I, I mean, I listened to it all. I grew up on Metallica. Rush and Metallica were nice. like my youth. That was me too. Yeah. That was my thing. So I love it all. Yeah. Did you like country before you signed on to my country, the radio station, or like, did you do it as the job and now you just love country because of the work or did, were you into country going into it? That's a good question because the only thing I knew about country music when I got the job was um, Keith Urban making memories of us was my wedding song. Oh, nice. And I knew Rascal Flatts had been on, uh, American Idol, you know, the finale with Carrie Underwood. And I knew Carrie Underwood came from American Idol and I had heard of Lady Annabellum and whatever. Um, I was not brought up on country music at all. Uh, I just, you know, it was a job at the time, which I completely sunk my teeth into and fell in love with. And literally to the point now where I will not, um, work for another genre unless it's within the company and you know we all have our hands in a lot of things i help with different things but if i had to move to another company if it couldn't be country music yeah i'm i'm not doing it i can't That's incredible how how did that interview go were you pretty candid about your uh your kind of lack of experience with the genre or yeah you know what was interesting they the owners of this radio station were signing on a country station brand new it hadn't existed yet and they were getting their feet wet too they didn't know a lot about country music either and they said you know what we'll do this together and i knew them from the past you know uh the owner of the company john gave me my first job at party 105 so um they're the people that were involved what's that you're like all in it together as new country yeah we were 
we were a team. We were figuring it out together. Um, it was great. That's so funny. Yeah, country definitely has blown up, even like within five to ten years. Because I remember in high school, I didn't listen to any of it. Going into college, country wasn't that big. And then I think like mid-college to graduation time, it's just exploded since then. I was going to ask you this a little later on, but I guess it kind of is uh, relevant now. Why do you think country does so well on Long Island? Because I've been on Long Island for ten years, and I so all I've known is kind of Long Island's obsession with country music. Why? Why do you think that is? Did you anticipate how successful my country would be? Was it kind of heading that way when the when the station came about? We had no idea how it was going to do. Um, I'm I'm not sure we thought it would last. I had wow. there was really no clue. We were jumping in. Um, with no idea. I think what happened was, you know, Long Island specifically where we are uh, in Suffolk County is, um, I mean, this is country territory. You know, when when you're driving through Suffolk County uh, and, and you see our incredible listeners and fans, um, it's like being in so many different parts of the country, like being in upstate New York, being down south. Um, it's, it's incredible. And um, we had no clue. I mean, people just started popping their heads up like, oh, my God, where did this radio station come from? Our, our phone lines were flooded. People would come out to our events. And at that point, we knew, OK, we we had something here. But um, we didn't know at the time when we signed on. We were just we knew there was a hole in the market. That hole was there was no country station. Yeah. So and you guys might have timed it perfectly with just the overall like. United States of America like getting into country it seems like the timing was perfect and like you said you filled the need you know what I like about you guys station too it, it's it's so local like the roots are so local like you do events on Long Island like all like you have guests all your sponsors are Long Island based and you might say like yeah I'll branch out become a national station but I think your local like vibe if you want to call it is what makes your station so well so good and like the ads are affordable and like you don't have too many ads as a listener it just works the local vibe you guys have created you know um there was a time country or not when a lot of people were saying radio regular terrestrial radio is going to be overtaken by satellite yeah. right there were you remember that time where satellite was the big thing um we always in radio thought you know what slow down Satellite's cool. You know, everyone's got their little place, you know, yeah. um, but we knew that the typical radio listener is someone who's commuting to work. Maybe their commutes 20 minutes, 30 minutes. They're driving. They're in traffic. What, and they want to hear their local personality talking about local weather, talking about local towns, local events. For the most part, um, that's what has kept radio alive is the fact that people want to hear what's going on in their area their localized news and weather and personalities. And they go to the grocery store and they know, oh, that's the guy I see at the grocery store. Um, I think that's really overall what's kept radio alive and makes it unique in that sense. Yeah. And you guys, like I said, just put on the best events on Long Island. So that helps your listenership too. Thank you. Thank you. We try. Uh, going back again. So as the DJ, like, are you the one that picks the music? I, I don't know how that works. Uh, to the credit of my bosses, they let me have full reign as to what goes on. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we uh, 
we deal with all the artists and the management and the record labels and they're pushing certain songs. I mean, if you ever wondered why a radio station will play the same song by the same artist over and over and over again, um, you know, the record label and the artist and their management wants that song to be heard and become a number one hit. And that means the artist grows in popularity and the artist can get paid a little more money to perform a concert. And, you know, if you take, seven different songs from an artist and just randomly splatter them on the radio and don't give any of those songs enough attention. You don't know what that's going to do to the artist, but if you can find one hit that people can just get, you know, in their brain and they just sing over and over and over it, um, you know, it does something for the act and it, it, it grows their brand a little more. And so I deal with the label. Some of it's my own personal decision. If I like a record, I can just throw it on. Um, you know, if, if someone, uh, even if they don't tell me they want it played, I could, oh, you know what? I love this Luke Combs record. I could certainly put it on the air. We have a lot of freedom uh, at this radio company. Yeah. And is there like a, it's kind of a tech question. Is there like a mate metric or something that tells you like, oh, this song got more hits or people like turned it off when this song went on? Like, is there any technology that gives you that feedback? It's all just kind of a guess. If there is, we don't use it. I mean, this is <laughs> the best thing about this company. Yeah. JVC has always been from the gut, local, let's just hit the street, come up with an idea and do it. Uh, the same way we grew a partnership with you guys at Mulcahy's. Um, we just, you know, we got on the phone and we said, we think you could use us and we could use you and let, let's, and that's what we do. You know, as far as the music and everything, it's really all gut. Um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of research you can look at, uh, but when it comes down to it, if you're in the business, you kind of have an idea, you know, what listeners are gravitating towards, um, on the radio and what, what songs are hits and what aren't. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we love to just go off, uh, what we feel and that's what makes the radio station great that's cool as you've as we're kind of touching upon um you guys have obviously got that fm formula down down to an art do you um have you noticed a lot of changes in the industry like from kind of your career and what would you say the biggest changes have been have you had to kind of adapt any any particular way or have you guys just kind of like stuck to the plan and it kind of just seems to be working with the the demographic and what you're playing um, yeah, I mean, look, we've, we've stuck to what we're doing. The industry as a whole has completely changed since I got into radio in the late nineties. Um, there's a lot of consolidation, a lot of, uh, radio stations. Um, you know, you might hear the same, uh, personality on seven different radio stations for, you know, some of these big companies, um, instead of having seven or eight different morning shows, Uh, They will have, you know, one guy doing the same morning show on seven or eight of their radio stations. Um, There's been a lot of that with technology uh, comes the ability to uh, do more things by computer and maybe not need as many people. Luckily, again, we're I mean, when it comes down to it, even though we have a lot of radio stations here on Long Island, um, JVC has five of them. Um, You know, we're lucky to have real live local personalities and our company has not cut anybody as far as, you know, live and local, but a lot of these other uh, big companies around the country, people are losing jobs left and right. So I I feel very lucky to be at this, uh, this type of situation. 
Very nice. Um, it seems like, well, it doesn't seem like it's true. The country artists have remained extremely loyal to the radio stations and especially FM stations, it seems. Why do, why do you think that is opposed to, like, you know, some of these pop artists? You never see them doing, like, events at, like, local places like Mulcahy's. Like, these big artists, like, do events for you and, like, they, they go on your show and, like, what? And it seems like even, um, like, you watch the CMAs, they're always thanking their radio stations. Why do you think radio and country have stayed so close to connected? Uh, you know, r- radio um, and country music have always gone together. The the artists are so loyal, and they I think they realize there's there's um there's this uh, fact that just is in their brain that if you know, look, you could have a song that streams a lot, and you could have a song on satellite, but to have a number one hit on radio is still the thing that drives country music. Mm-hmm. And I think you'll hear um, record labels and um, artists say the same thing. There's nothing like having that number one hit, you know, literally top of the charts where you get that plaque and it's, you know, we were number one on Billboard or uh, whatever the case may be. Um, that is what grows the brand for these artists. And they definitely understand the relationship between local radio pushing their songs to number one and the importance of that. So they, you know, they will um, befriend us or, you know, make a partnership out of it. Um, whereas, you know, in pop music, obviously we know it's a little different. And that, and that's why I said earlier, I could never go back to pop music. I could never leave the country format because the access to the artists and the true friendships yeah. you create um, the relationships that go on in in this genre are unlike any other genre in music. Um, and I, the country artists know that, and they've always stuck to that, always. We've, we've definitely witnessed that here. Any of our staff will tell you we've had such good experiences, you know, in terms of the country artists just here and even their people, their teams, how they've dealt with our staff, you know, our kind of family here. Um, are there any that stand out to you? Obviously, you've got a real knack for cultivating these really close relationships with the artists and you can tell that they've got a lot of mutual respect for you. Are there any artists that kind of stand out as ones that you've kind of kept in touch with or just kind of really stand out as like incredible people? One thing too, Fathead, before you start, for people that don't know, when we have artists here, when, you know, they're sitting in the green room, they're very nice to me. And like Ruby said, they've created a culture to be nice to everyone, the, the tour, the guy who books them, the roadies, the bartenders that helped them out. One of the guys told me, like, yeah, we have a culture, and if they step out of line in that, the other country artists and the tour people, like, keep them accountable. So just what Ruby was saying, like, I can't say enough how nice all them are. And with back to you, when you show up in the green room, they get out of their chair and give you a hug. Like, you've developed the best relationships with all these artists. It's unbelievable. I don't want to cut you off, but I just wanted to give – people were listening like fathead you're like their best friend ever like you know they they hug you like they're they haven't seen their brother in three months well look i'm gonna say most of that is absolutely genuine and real some of that is that i'm playing their music and they know i'm (laughs) I'm helping them but a hundred percent um so i'll give you two answers here Mm -hmm. uh sorry i know we gave you about five questions (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm really uh i love keith urban I love Keith Urban. What you see with Keith Urban is what you get. Um, 
nicest guy of all time. Wow. Uh, just just a, a sweetheart and and love that man. Um, I'm very close with uh, Dan from Dan and Shay, and I'll hear from him every once in a while. Uh, the guys from Low Cash. I mean, I could go on and on about um, you know who I text with and who I call. I will say when my wife was deployed um, overseas, she's in the military, and this was going back five years ago. My wife was deployed, and Christmas Eve, Luke Bryan called me. Oh no way! Now he he caught. Look. He never had my phone number. I'm sure, you know, he probably called and got it from a manager or a record label or something. I'm not saying we're buddies on the cell phone, but Luke Bryan called me uh, to see how I was doing. Wish me a Merry Christmas because he knew my wife was was away. Wow. So, you know, there's there's stuff like that. As far as artists that I've seen um, that I couldn't believe, like how amazing they were when they burst on the scene. Uh, the rise of Florida Georgia Line, Sam Hunt, Luke Combs. I'm trying to think who else stands out, but those three in particular blew up so fast. Um, FGL was out of nowhere. Sam Hunt was like, it was insane how quick that was. And and Luke Combs still shocks me. I mean, I told Luke once, I said, I said, Luke, you know, you don't look like your typical guy that everyone's going to fawn over. Yeah. And he, he laughs about it and he says, but he's real. You know, yeah, he's a right. he's a real dude. And I think everyone can relate to him and they feel like he's their buddy. And you never know what's going to work in this format. Right. right. It's amazing. Going back to that phone call. So did you have a heads up that you were getting the call or was it just like a private number? And <laughs> No, it just I'm lucky I picked up, to yeah. be honest with you. <laughs> I Who the hell's calling <laughs> me on Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve? Yeah. I, I've I've missed a, I've missed a few calls because I was, uh, you know screening my calls and I had to go, right. you know, listen to the voicemail and say, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't pick up that phone call. You know, <laughs> How do you think you developed these great relationships? Just like with all these artists besides just the work thing. Cause I don't think they're just nice to you cause you play their songs. There must be something more to it. I mean, Tim, look at me. Am I, I'm, I'm a personable guy. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. But we're but no, seriously. You know what? I've always you could tell I could talk, right? Yeah. I could go on and on. This thing should be like three hours long. Um, <laughs> I just I, I love talking. I love relationships. Um, I just like hanging and finding out about people. And I guess you add that into the mix and yeah. artists that, you know, um, feel the same way about connecting with radio. It just works, nice. you know. Do you um do you get recognized a lot, Fathead? Or do you ever have people recognize your voice? <laughs> I'd, like, I'd say it's, I do get recognized from the face a little bit, but it's more so the voice. I could be ordering food in a restaurant and a right, waitress right. will be like, I know who you are. I'm walking <laughs> into a bank and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to deposit this check. And, uh, and the, you know, she's like, I listen to you in the morning. You know, so, yeah, we, I get that from time to time. Yeah. That's so funny. And just a quick side question, because it's on my list there, and I don't want to forget it. Where, what is the origin of the name? Just assuming that Fatheads isn't on your driver's license. <laughs> this is this is good. First, let me let me ask you because this is real life, okay? Um, I hear above. I'm in the basement. I hear above. My son is having a meltdown. Do you hear that? Is that coming no, through no. on the microphone? No. Studio fantastic. <laughs> we could pause. Fantastic. We could pause it if you want to go attend no, to your son. No, 
this is real life. And my, my wife is up there, so it's okay. There's an adult with him. Okay. Um, so back when I, when I got my first job in 1998 at the dance radio station, mm-hmm. I didn't have a name um, for on air, you know, and I didn't want to go by my, my regular name, which I don't tell a lot of people. I listen, it's Adam. Okay. My name's Adam. So, um, I'm like, so what should I, what should I do? What should I, uh, um, you know, what should I call myself? The program director at the time just made an offhand comment and this is the nineties, right? He goes, you've got a fat head, you know, meaning (laughs) P H A T. Right. So, that was it. It just stuck. Like girls thought it was funny. Um, now remember also at the time there's no Instagram, there's no Facebook, social media is not non-existent. The only way people know who you are, what you look like is by showing up and seeing you at an event. So there was some mystery. They're like, who's this guy fathead? I got to go see him. I got to see what this guy looks like. You know, um, it, it just became a thing. It became a, they probably thought you were morphed or something. (laughs) That's a good one. And thank you for telling us your real name. This is yeah, breaking wow. news, guys. We should That's people should pay to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the teaser. <laughs> um, obviously, you're a legend in the radio business and on Long Island. What advice would you give an aspiring DJ or any radio personality? Um, I would make sure that this is what you want to do. Um, look, when I got into it, when I studied radio, when I got into the business, it was a different time. Um, as we've mentioned in this uh, podcast, and uh, there's a lot of consolidation in big companies. Again, we're a, we're a mom and pop, even though we have a lot of radio stations, we're a mom and pop, and we have a lot of people working here, and it's been great. The owners, are they, they want that. They want employees here. Um, but the first thing I would tell people is, you know, be careful. Um, it's an industry where people are losing jobs, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of technology taking over. So be sure this is, this is something you love. And this is something you want to get into. The second piece of advice is do as many jobs as possible. I started as a promotion director. I started as a van driver. I know production. I could put together commercials. Um, I do all the promos on the radio station that you hear for concerts and everything. I produce them myself on my laptop. I run the radio station. I pick the music. I talk to the record labels. I do the morning show. You can't just be hired at a radio company to be an on-air personality anymore. It just doesn't work that way. You need to do multiple jobs. So make sure that you have a little bit of a background going into it. Have have you branched, branched out into podcasts at all? Um, I've thought about it to be honest. I just, um, uh, I don't know. I just never did it. I never went out and, looked into it. How do I do it? Get the microphones, you know, get the equipment, whatever. I just, I I actually have wanted to do it for a long time. That's why I, I love being with you guys doing this and talking about it. I would definitely um, uh, look to do something. If I had a little more time, I got three kids and all this work going on, but I would, um, it's something I've thought about. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you talk to the artist too on the radio and everything. So, what advice would you give us as uh, new interviewers? Did you get, let me tell you something. You guys are prepared. Um, you're doing the whole thing that like TV shows do where like, you know, one interviewer talks, the next one asks the next question, 
The other one asks the next question. Like you guys, you have this thing. You're going back and forth. You have all your notes. I can I can tell you're peeking down, but you're not reading off the card. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are. Thank you. You guys are doing all right. We've I been, like it. We've been very bored lately, so we've been, <laughs> pra- <laughs> we've been practicing. Um, well, we have a question we've been asking everyone. I'll let Ruby take it away on this one. So, Fathead, obviously, with a uh, uh, well, we like to think we're heading, you know, towards some kind of mo- normality after lockdown and COVID and all that, and not to get dredged down in in that conversation. But to look ahead to when things do return back to normal, we've been asking everyone if there was um, one big comeback show. We'll we'll call it Fathead Fest. Who's headlining Fathead Fest and who's opening up? And it could be dead or alive. There's no budget. Anyone who's ever been a musician. Obviously, you know, we'll waive the venue fee from Mulcahy's. Okay, it's mm-hmm. all yours. <laughs> all right. This, to, me, to me, this is a no-brainer. Really? Um, the, the, the headliner of this show is Metallica. Nice. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I'm in for that. I would give anything to see Metallica headline Mulcahy's. <laughs> Me too. Um, but most of all, part of the reason for that, besides the love of their music and growing up on it was, um, I just want to sit in the green room and talk to these guys. I've never met them. I have been dying to sit and have a conversation with Lars or James. Um, wow. I did you see I love at, those uh, guys. The Nassau Coliseum when they were there like two or three years ago? I did. That was in that was in uh 2017. I've seen them a lot. Yeah. I've seen them all over the place. When they were at the Coliseum in 2017, uh, I took my wife. It was her first Metallica show. It was I went it was to that too. It was nuts. I was in like the mosh pit, I got beat. Up, <laughs> but it was worth it. That's really sad. And uh opening act. Uh, with that, listen, and I know the country fans are probably like, "What are you doing? You're 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 a country." But listen, this you is real life. Country, yeah, uh, we're we're bringing we're bringing Neil Pert back. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away recently, and and Rush, Rush. is opening the show. No. Um, and you know they could flip a coin for who headlines, I yeah. guess. But um, that that's my that was my youth. Yeah. Um, you can throw Guns and Roses in there if you want, but. But Metallica and Rush was my life nice. as a kid Some and a musician, drums. and I just love it. Yeah. And then one of us, so obviously you, you've got AAA pass, so you're meeting Metallica in the green room at your VIP table, three guests, same type of thing. Doesn't necessarily have to be music. Dead or Alive, three VIP guests sitting up at your table with you. Who are those? Oh, my God. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh I I'm assuming my wife is going to watch this. We'll put my wife at the table. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to so, get in, you don't get in she's trouble. At, she's at the table. Um, <laughs> that is, that's unbelievable. Um, see, you could give the t- – other than the wife, right, you can give the typical answers like, oh, you know, I'd invite my father. or No, yeah. but – but here's the truth, right? The truth is you want someone at that table who's going to appreciate. Yeah, you want to party with them, yeah. The show, right. And it's not – see, it's not even that's about the party. It's about – That's a different perspective than some of some of what we've had. <laughs> I, I don't I don't care about who's partying. Right. I want someone like – it's like when I'm watching a TV show. Um, if someone's in the room watching that show with me, they better be full-on paying attention to the show. So, like, right. I need someone at the table who is going to appreciate – what they're seeing on stage. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, God, I don't, that is, I don't see, I don't, I don't want to just throw out 
answers that don't mean anything. Yeah. I don't I I'd have to pick a couple of buddies, I guess, who just who who live and breathe these artists the way I live and breathe these artists, you yeah, know? Yeah. Well I tell you, we can we can though get that off the bucket list. Howard Stern we could throw up there and then you could have that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> there you see? There you go. We'll put we'll put Howard at the table and uh and and you know someone maybe your chef there uh who who can just keep bringing food. How about that? That works. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get him out of the basement. Yeah, it'd be cool to have like Plato or like old Greek philosophers <laughs> yeah. or something, but you don't want them talking during, the, you know, a drum right, solo. Right. So that makes all the sense. That's awesome. All right, Fathead. So we've got you for like 40 minutes here. I, like you said, uh, you know, I think we could talk for hours, but I think we'll let you go. Maybe you check on your yeah. kid <laughs> and make sure everything's all right. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we miss you here, obviously. I know we have a couple shows that got postponed. So when we're allowed to have concerts again, you guys will be one of the first people back in here. And we're, we're really looking forward to having you guys back. And thank you for all the stuff you've, you know, teamed up with us already. And I think we've got a bright future ahead once all this COVID stuff is in the window, you know. Listen, before you hit stop on this, I, I do want to say a couple things. I the the what you said are it's rare in this business to have relationships the way we have a relationship um uh the you guys over there at Mulcahy's from everything from the staff uh to the food to the venue to what you've done to the venue to enhance it now um it is top notch uh it's an incredible relationship Thank we you. bought I, we just we're texting me and Tim here we're texting all the time ideas what, what do you want to do who are we booking yeah. Um, so my dad's I want like, everyone my dad's like, why don't you text Fathead? See what country music's going on. I'm like, I talk to Fathead every single you day. Mean Adam? Yeah. <laughs> Your wife's probably like, who are you texting all night? Cause I'll start texting you at midnight. I'm like, Oh, sorry. It's Jake from state farm. Yeah, sorry. That's me. It's Tim from moles. <laughs> I, is, I, uh, I just want anyone who's watching and this to know how great you guys are and the time and effort, uh, you guys take to, uh, you know, to put into your product and, um, and, the other thing just randomly is um, our radio company. We have some great stations in it. Um, the only all news radio station out here, LI news radio, one Oh three, nine got party one Oh five. Got my country, La Fiesta, 98.5 mm-hmm. great product. Um, and oldies 98, which I know we're looking to do some oldies stuff yeah, as yeah. well yeah. with you guys. Um, and we love, broadcasting and we love shows and we love venues and we love good people. And that's why I get excited about this stuff. So uh, from our company to yours, we appreciate you guys very much. Of course. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Means a lot. Yeah, it means a lot. Everyone check them out too. get off your serious radio. Go back to old school. <laughs> Not too many commercials. Like I said, that's what, and you can listen to Fathead all day. You know, it's perfect. Fathead, Thank you so much. Can we get you back Thanks, one guys. time? Maybe we have to get you back, I'm- you know? Where am I going? I Come on. We'll do some in-studio stuff once uh, you're here for a show. Maybe we'll we'll do uh, t- two birds, one stone kind of thing. Get you on another show. Whenever you need me, just hit me up. I'm ready to come back on, no doubt. Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. You so I'll much, talk Fred. to you soon, all right? All the best. See you guys. Bye.